versus the world productions podcasts and blogs by geeks for geeks www.vtwproductions.com the following presentation is released under the creative commons attribution share alike non-commercial license for more information about creative commons licensing please visit www.creativecommons.org this presentation also contains adult language and adult themes hi there this is steven toulouse otherwise known as steptoe you are listening to versus the world radio Hello and welcome to another episode of Alpha Geek Interviews. My name is Todd Whitehead and I am your Alpha Geek interviewer. Our Alpha Geek interviewee for this show is the Trek nerd himself, Mr. Daryl Skeels. Daryl, welcome to Alpha Geek Interviews. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. I, I guess I've been on the, on the wanted list for a little bit. It's good to finally make it here. Yeah, the uh, the universe profoundly did not want us to uh, get together for this interview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, during the uh, aborted attempt to develop uh, Alpha Geek Fridays, um, of course, we picked the one day of the week where you're profoundly unavailable to participate. And so, screw it, we're going to do an interview instead. That works. Works for me. So, you've, you have chosen... Uh, for your internet public pursuit, this this little known and kind of niche uh, television show that uh, I mean, wh why why pick such an off the beaten pack topic for your you know for your podcast? Well, I've I've been a huge huge Star Trek fan since 1968, I guess, and I was just a little kid back then, but I was rapidly crazy about it, and my parents were. <laughs> trying to keep me away from it, saying, no, no, it's too scary. The, the transporters make people disappear, and you'll be harmed by this somehow. I, I, I would wait until babysitters were over, and then I would watch it. So I, I have loved it since forever, and it's influenced my life in so many ways that it just seemed like the perfect topic to do a podcast on. It is one of those topics that inspires such a uh, passionate reaction from the fan base um were you at all hesitant you know to put out your opinions about star trek for fear that you know the fanboy tsunami would land upon you and you would be crushed beneath the weight of internet trolls <laughs> well not really i mean if if anybody wants to be a troll that's fine i mean they can do that if they want and i'm just going to ignore because i have built-in troll detection i can tell who's just being a dork for being a dork's sake and who's really got something to say and and mostly i mean i i really haven't had any dorks bothering us at all everybody's just been great and fantastic and into it as much as we are now you're sure you're on the internet <laughs> Maybe we don't have any listeners. Maybe that's the problem. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you are well listened to and well loved. So, you are a child of the original series. So, the, the William Shatner era, era of Trek. Yeah. With the, you know, the rectangle of light across the eyeballs. Uh, <laughs> Which they did a wonderful homage to a couple of times in uh, the J.J. Abrams Trek movie, which I thought was kind of a nice nod. In between the lens flares. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Yeah, that's what they do. Um, so, were there any other uh, sci-fi series in your life around the time where you pretty much, you hit Trek, found Trek, and like, I, I am home? Yeah, it was pretty much a Trek thing from the very beginning, 
and and people would say, "Oh, you must be a big science fiction buff," and I'd say, "Well, n not really. It, it's just Star Trek. I mean, if it wasn't science fiction, if it was, if it was called anything else, or or if it landed under any other genre, I w I would have loved it anyway, no matter what umbrella it fell under." It just happened to be that it was science fiction, but I like I like other science fiction too. When these when every when people say, "Oh, you must hate Star Wars," being a big Star Trek guy, no, not really. Star Wars is a great thing too. I mean, they're totally different, and I love them both. Yeah, I mean, there's Star Wars is you know space opera. Um, mm -hmm. Trek is, I mean, the 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 term science fiction. I think is is overly used and and misused. I like the the term that Harlan Ellison likes to use, which is speculative fiction. Um, it just Star Trek happens to be set in a kind of technology heavy future, but it is. I mean, for a lot of us, what drew us and draws us to it is the storytelling and and what I mean, what drew you to Trek as a child and, and what made it such an enduring part of, of your life going forward? Was it the storytelling or was it the gadgets or what what grabbed you? Well, I it was everything, but I think mostly it was their positive outlook about the future and, and saying, this is us. This is where we could be. We can go here. We can do this. This is, this could be our future reality if, if we just pick a good course if we do the right things and and uh, make a good future for ourselves this is where we could go and going back to the Star Wars thing for a minute Star Wars to me is like a comic book adventure it's fun it's not us really in the future it's in a galaxy far far away a long time ago so it's not really us but it's a fun adventure to get into and go with and so it, it's a totally different thing to me but I like I said I love them both but Star Trek just spoke to me in a positive way and I I just latched onto it and the characters are great too and the technology it's just a complete great package to me yeah that is the an observation I've never heard stated quite that way before of, of Star Trek is us star wars is not us and i mean what major social issue did star wars tackle versus any number of timely um hard to address social issues you know did the original series of star trek tackle over and over and over again during its run yeah yeah star trek snuck in some stuff past the networks so that was a, a neat thing to see once in a while. Well, it's fun that, that you know, because they were dressing it up in sci-fi clothing, I think the, they weren't looking as closely at it as they might have you know, a police procedural or some other kind of you know, made uh, movie of the week. So they were able to sneak things past, like, accidentally the first interracial kiss on national television ever. Yeah. Uh, li little things like that. Mm -hmm. And the, I mean, Gene Roddenberry wasn't exactly subtle in a lot of his uh, storytelling. <laughs> he is black on the right side. I am black on the left side. Gee, could this possibly be about race relations? <laughs> well, I don't know. The the networks, I, I question their intelligence sometimes. <laughs> As well you should. These are the people that canceled Firefly. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not bitter. Yeah, so the, now looking at the juggernaut that Star Trek has become in the intervening decades, the between the various television incarnations and the now in its third iteration uh, movie presence, do you still hold the original series um, in high nostalgic regard or do you have things you like about all the different, you know, universe, uh, Star Trek universe-based incarnations. Well, I'm kind of a Roddenberry purist, so um, I I do enjoy all of them, and I'm always looking for the Roddenberry-ish things stuck in there, the the optimistic view of the future, and and making things 
believable. Um, and I, I really do still love the original, and I think it holds up great today, especially if you watch the remastered version. The, I think they did a fantastic job redoing the effects. They did them um, the same, but better, if that makes any sense. No, they kept definitely kept true to the original designs, and they actually tie it into the larger um, Star Trek universe. So looking at any of the episodes where, like Trouble with Tribbles, where the Enterprise is in orbit around a space station, they took the space station designs that were later used in things like Wrath of Khan and substituted that design in for the really ridiculous-looking design that was originally there. Um, so you now have a consistent through-line between the original series and the later series and the movies. Just this visual reminder of, yes, this is the same universe. See, this looks just like regular one from Wrath of Khan, and that's because it's the same universe. Ta-da! Um, but at the same time, they made you know, the Enterprise looks like the Enterprise. It's just a nice, mm -hmm. high-resolution Enterprise. Yeah, it looks like the exact same stuff, just without the scratches and the black blocks around everything. I like a lot of the the more subtle remastery they've done, such as like when they're in the station, you can see the Enterprise orbiting in the background through windows and just little little touches like that. It's like that's really neat, and it really does make the going back and viewing the original series more enjoyable because really the kind of by today's standards, laughably bad effects would really pull you out of the moment. Uh, yeah. So you, you get pulled out of the story to think, oh, God, what a terrible model shot that is. And, and you don't have that anymore because it's just like, yeah, this is there. there's the ship going by the planet in orbit. Yay, great. And let's get back to the storytelling. Yeah, it, they didn't go over the top. And when they first announced that they were going to do that, I was thinking, oh, no, I hope they don't try to improve stuff and just ruin it and change everything and add too much. And I think they did just a perfect job at it and I would I was going to ready to be their most horrid critic and slam them to the mat on it but they did so great I can do nothing but heap them with praise it really feels like the people who were working on it were fans themselves and and did have respect for the source material yeah the the uh, main person working on it I think was Michael Okuda and he did the TNG effects so yeah. he was he's a good insider to have working on that no okuda is i mean if you pay any attention at all to the behind the scenes he is he is a force of nature within the newer uh star trek you know the okudagrams and everything all over the enterprise um so that it makes sense to me that it came out so beautifully with him at the helm because yeah, yeah he has a love for the source material as well absolutely bring me more now they're doing similar remastering of the next generation which when I first heard them talking about doing that, really, is it, does it really need it? But then you go back and you look closely at you know the 1987-88 era effects, and yeah, they they are getting a little dated. Even though you know we remember it as a fairly recent thing, it's been a lot of years since 1987, which is a little depressing when you think about it. Um, they're not doing the same wholesale swapping out of effects shots, but they are cleaning them up. Nicely, so right. they, look, they look really good on an HD screen. Yeah, they're taking them from the actual film and just rescanning it high res. And and it, when they made uh, TNG, they did the effects to video and then edited those in with the f with scanned film that was also at the low video resolution of the time. Right. So. Some of the effects they didn't have and they have to recreate, but anything with models that was filmed, they just scanned that, so we should still be good. Yeah, that was uh, in the pre-CG era, and some of the model work was, was kind of the, the finest examples of the, the television breed for their time, so it's good that they're getting kind of getting uh, the once-over. Now, speaking of the original series um we've in the recent past had the dramatic reimagining of the original series in the form of the jj abrams star trek movie also known as lens flares on parade <laughs> lens flares aside which they, they went a little overboard with and hopefully they'll tone down a, a bit for the next one um what was your reaction and what were your feelings towards the the 
oh-so-popular term in Hollywood these days, the reboot of the old series. Well, I'm, I'm not a fan of reboots, and when I heard that they were going to do this, just like I said with the effects of TOS, I, I was kind of one of the negative people saying, no, no, we want something new. We don't want to go backwards and redo old stuff with new people. That, that just sounds like a horrible idea. But when, I, when it came out and I saw it in the theater, I actually really liked it. I thought they did a great job with it. Um, but that said, I would still rather see something take place in the future, like maybe a hundred years after Voyager. I, I think we need to look forward. I don't like all this looking back stuff, but I did enjoy the movie a lot. Yeah, the I mean, there was their second attempt at looking back, uh, Enterprise being the first go round, and. I've said before that I thought Enterprise was a, a horribly wasted opportunity. Um, what was your reaction to Enterprise when it was on, on the air? Well, uh, I, try, I gave it a try, and I lasted about <laughs> four episodes, and I decided, uh, this just isn't right. I, I don't get it. It's just not doing it for me. And then I stopped. But now I've gone back and I've watched more episodes. And some, some of them were actually pretty good. But it's probably my least favorite of all the series. Yeah, it, um, it suffered from... I think they, they did a very misguided attempt at trying to channel Gene Roddenberry by, in the second season, trying to tap into... You know, socially, what was going on in the world? Unfortunately, what was going on in the world was 9-11. So they, in really, in kind of a ham-fisted way, had basically a terrorist attack on the Earth as the basis for an entire story arc. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I, I don't know, it turned me off in a major way. And just because it was so ham-fisted about it. Even, even the 1960s, black on the right side versus black on the right side was less unsubtle than that <laughs> right yeah, um, I agree do yourself a favor though do go and look at the final season where there were a series of episodes that is what they should have been doing from the get-go where they went for and this of course was after their cancellation was announced but they went whole hog for the nostalgia card so lots of andorians Lots of Orions and Orion slave girls and Orion slavers. They, <laughs> they had a great uh, series about the uh, eugenics wars. So they had yeah. more of the augmented humans uh, of the con variety. Uh, did you see the series where they explained why the explained away why the old series Klingons looked more human than the later versions? I I remember a scene with that, yeah, and I think that should have just remained unexplained. It's just <laughs> it, we all know that it's because makeup now is is a lot further along than it was back then, and and they have a bigger budget now. We all know that they don't need to try to explain why this the difference. They came up with kind of a fun way to explain it away, which. Uh Actually, it was like a two two episode story arc, but I just I just wish they had gone for that kind of storytelling from the get go. It's like this is original series universe. Let's see all the great stuff. You know, let's see Tellarites. Let's see Andorians. Let's have the great mysterious Romulan Empire that we haven't quite encountered yet. And then they didn't really get to any of that until uh, they were already canceled. And yeah. I've been really enjoying the J.J. Abrams movie. Going for that, right, right from the get-go. Like, here's all the stuff you you remembered and loved from the original series. So, you know, they have Kirk making out with the Andorian girl because that's what Kirk does. And that that at that moment was when the movie got me. It's like, oh, he's hitting on the green girl because <laughs> it's James T. Freaking Kirk. Okay, you got me. I mean, I'm here for the for the uh, duration. Yeah, I, I'm good with with stuff like that. It's it's good to look back on things you enjoyed. I I still want to move forward though. I mean, I'm good with these. If it's a little detour here and there where we look back, that's that's great, and I'll enjoy it. But I gotta move forward. I got I want new stuff. I want new aliens. I'm hoping for a new television series 
sometime in the not too distant future. I would think. I mean, how long has it been since Enterprise went off the air? Was that 2005? Yeah, so it sounds about right. So, I mean, that, that feels like a, a decent interval. Yeah. Um, we just yeah, need some, somebody to come forth with a good story Bible. It's time. It is, it, everybody I talk to is just itching for a new one. It, it's time. The time is right right now. I think it would be huge. If they got to do it right, though. Yeah, therein lies the challenge, because they've done... I mean, we've had the ship series in the form of Next Generation. We've had the Space Station series, which morphed right back into a ship series before too awfully longer in the form of Deep Space Nine, because the writers don't know how to write bottle stories. They tried the cut-off-from-home approach in the form of Voyager... They tried the prequel thing with Enterprise, casting us yeah. into the future. You know, where 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 do we take the Federation? I think that we need to look at Star Trek as being a story about NASA and NASA's future, and and just go back to the original mantra at the beginning of TOS: exploring strange new worlds and seeking out new life and new civilizations. And boldly going where no man is, or no one has gone before. We, that's what we need. We just need to get back to the basics. I don't think we need any twist or turn or different kind of gimmick to get people's attention. I think the basic thing is what made people really watch. And I think we need to get back to that. Yeah, I think the part of the selling that idea of to Hollywood of, no, just give us more of... of what you've given us before, there's a weird resistance to that. If something is not a dramatic reimagining or a bold new direction, they don't seem to want to take it to series. And I yeah. think that's a mistake because we will eat up more of what you've given us before as long as it is done well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That How do we convince them of that? <laughs> I don't know, but there's a lot of new stuff that you could do. CGI is a lot cheaper now to do and do well than it was then. So I think what you have is a whole CGI team. Instead of slapping a forehead on somebody every week and calling them the alien of the week, you, you do CGI and have some really, really different looking life forms. I think that would be a big attraction. I mean, that's not the only thing, but that would really establish a different look for a new show. And technology has come a long way since, well, I, w I was going to say 2005, but that's Enterprise was looking back. But I would say Voyager. We've come a long way since Voyager. And I actually like Voyager. That would probably be my third favorite of the series. Um, but we need to we need to do different, new, different, more advanced things. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's... A you look at what we have in our real lives now and compare that to what they were speculating about in the original series and even in Next Generation. And I've observed time and again, we are living Star Trek. Mm -hmm. We have our pads in the form of the iPads. We have our communicators. We have the sub-Ethernet from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in the form of wireless internet. So... Just doing what was in the old series, again, isn't going to wow anyone because, well, we have all those things. So yeah. starting from now, where we're basically living with you know, interstellar travel being and, and uh, teleportation aside, we're largely living a lot of the things that were speculated about in the original series. But start from what we have now and project forward what is you know, the next big thing or where might we go... Now that we know what is really possible, now yeah. you know, where do you speculate from here? And you get some good writers on that idea, and I think we could come up with some pretty wildly fun stuff to watch. Yeah, we really, we really need Star Trek back the way it was, exploring strange new worlds, and plus the modern technology, a, a projection of that, like you said. Hmm, so you got my mind going now, and now I just want a new series, damn it. Yeah, yeah, it's time. It is past time. And, and I think it'll happen. I have no doubt.
Star Trek is too much of a money generation machine to sit for too long. Yeah, I just hope they don't only do it for the money. No, but I think if they do it right, they will hit it big. Yeah, they'll get their money and we will get a good series. Yeah. As the, the, the what we want to see. So Paramount, I know you're listening. Get on it right now. Immediately. Yes. Make it so. Exactly. All right. So you actually, you've, you've indicated uh, that you have a mental rating of the, the various series. So what uh, all the television series, uh, favorite to least favorite, how do you rank them in, in your preferences? Oh, everybody's going to hate me for this. Uh, <laughs> no matter what I say, I guess. Right. But I like, Trolls. I probably like TNG the best because there was more of it. There were seven seasons, although the last one completely sucked, and I put that in last place below every other <laughs> every other series. That that one last season just it was terrible for me. They were but, stretching um, it. Yeah. So TOS would be second. Voyager, I'm really starting to like a lot. So that would be next, and then then it's then uh, DS9, and then Enterprise. Did I miss anything? No, you got them all. Okay. Unless there's a series out there that I've missed or blocked out because it was so terrible. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I got them. Yeah, Phase 2 never made it to the screens or did in the form of a motion picture. Yikes. Um, yeah. The See, I, I share your opinion about Voyager. I think it's I think it's underrated. The early seasons were kind of meh, but they, they did manage to hit their stride uh, later in the series. I think there was some... I think as a... Large-scale story arcs, I think DS9 did that better, but there were some individual scripts in Voyager that, having recently gone back through the miracle of Netflix Instant View um, and rewatched, there were some, there were some good, good storylines in there. Yeah, I agree. And Voyager, the only thing I don't like about Voyager is it's not really boldly going where no one has gone before. It's... it's uh, running home scared. It's like, we want to go home. But that's not what Star Trek is supposed to be. Star Trek is supposed to be, we want to go out there. We want to explore. We want to see what amazing things are out there to find. Which I guess they are actually doing on Voyager on their way home. Yeah, accidentally. But, yeah, but that's not... That's the only thing that bugs me about it. Otherwise, I, I really do enjoy it. Yeah, there were some good characters in there. I enjoyed uh, Tim Russ's Tuvok character because it was the really the only straight up um, full Vulcan without some reason why they were acting emotional. So they had, you know, Spock in the original incarnation was half human, and uh, to Paul in enterprise very quickly in the series had various external reasons why she was being more emotional than a vulcan should be and it was nice to have a vulcan being a vulcan i think tim russ nailed it because he, he was he was what you would expect from an emotionless vulcan yeah, i agree and, and i that was one of the more emo, more, more enjoyable characters uh in there cause he was played very consistently i love the fact that they didn't have the the reason of the week why tuvok was acting like a human <laughs> you no, know, this is how he is, and it made for you know. Uh, uh, Vulcans are such an integral part of the Star Trek mythos that it was nice to just have Vulcan present on the bridge, doing the Vulcan thing, and reminding you you are in the Star Trek universe where we have Vulcans. Yeah, a lot yeah, of good. And they, they're a great contrast when you need to show somebody in distress or having some emotional problem. You have a Vulcan there to say, "Well, here's here's the here's stability. Now you can see what's going on." If that makes any kind of sense. No, it does. It's one of the dynamics I liked from the original series that made the Kirk Spock uh, relationship so much fun and so compelling. Was you had Kirk, who is the cowboy, and you had basically his mentor or his grounding influence in the form of Spock, saying, "You really want to do that? You sure?" <laughs> and Janeway Tuvok resurrected that same kind of feeling. She, you know, the, the character really relied on his groundedness and just his basic pure logic saying, you should probably step back and take some of your silly human emotions out of the equation and think about this sensibly. 
Yeah. Um, and the writers used that uh, very well and made it. Uh, it was the it was, it was a fun relationship to to watch week after week. So I, I think I, I'm in the same boat as you, where people love to trash Voyager, um, and I, I understand why because uh, there were some aspects of it that were kind of ridiculous. But I think there's there was more good uh, stuff in there than people give it credit for. So I'm I'm with you on that one. Yep. Now the upcoming. Round two of J.J. Abrams frolicking in the original series universe is in production. They've mm-hmm. been quite uh, quite hush-hush about where they're taking it. Uh, whether we're going to see uh, some kind of con storyline has been much speculated. Whether they're going to parallel the original movies to that degree where the second one is, is a con-centric uh, movie remains to be seen. What do you, uh, what do you think they're shooting for and what do you want them to shoot for oh what a question um indeed i i I don't think that they're gonna do con just because it's star trek 2 uh just i don't think there's any link there i don't think that con's gonna be in there at all but uh, what is there going to be i have no clue other than uh spock will fight somebody on a big plasticky looking set <laughs> because there were leaked pictures and that's about all I got out of that. You know that that uh, musical theme's going to be in there somewhere. Actually, I hope, <laughs> I hope it's not. <laughs> maybe maybe playing on a radio in the background of a bar or something. <laughs> Although I do love that music, that's great. Oh yeah, it's, it's just so it's so bad that it's great. Yeah. Uh, as for what I want to see, I want. You know, it's I'm I'm so predictable. I want to see them explore strange new worlds, and I I want to see what I would want to see from a new TV series. Uh, oh, it's hard to say. Uh, bring back Vulcan. That's all. Not, that's all I can n- think of. Not bloody likely. <laughs> And to me, that was actually one of the things that I found compelling about the uh, new movie was you got to the end and they did not hit the big red reset button that makes sure nobody ever develops and nothing ever changes. They left the world changed. Yeah, and also they made it so that both timelines are still there and still valid and still good. You can go follow... Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, uh, as they were on the TV series and movies, or you can enjoy the movies on this timeline, and and they both exist and they're both valid. Um, but I, I can't. Well, no, I guess I'm fine with that. Uh, but I don't want any more time travel. I think that's just been way, way overdone in Star Trek. This is not Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who. If I want time travel, I'll watch Doctor Who. I think the time travel MacGuffin was required for this one for the reason you just cited. They needed to contrive a way for this to be in the old series timeline without insulting the integrity of the original series. Right. I totally get that. But now we're done. I'm good with that. Yes, we're done. No more. No more time travel. Let's go forward. Mm -hmm. In this new alternate, alternate timeline. Yeah where they've somehow managed to make Spock sexy. <laughs> that just blows my mind. And I don't get the Uhura thing. There never was that in the old thing. Something about veering off in this new timeline must have sparked that somehow. That's Or it was just it was already done and over with by the time we met them in the... Because uh, we're meeting them earlier than we did in the original series. So theoretically, by the time we met them and they were already on their five-year mission in the original series the relationship may have ended, and they simply did not talk about it. That's true. The, o- the, the only time anything was filmed between Spock and Uhura where something might have been going on was a blooper where I think Uhura forgets her lines. Leonard Nimoy says something to her, and she says, oh, I don't remember the exact thing, but something like, if you say so, Mr. Spock, sugar. <laughs> sugar. Yeah. Gotta love it. But yeah, I think, I mean, that was a... If you had told me, just said, in the new Star Trek movie, 
Spock and Uhura have a relationship, I would have gone, oh, God, they're ruining the universe. It's all yeah. over. But just seeing it, it makes complete sense. In the... Yeah. I mean, and... and they again. They've done the impossible. They've made Mister Spock sexy. Just, just ask my wife. She's like, "Oh yeah, unattainable, unreachable, emotionless man who you want to chip away at." Oh yeah, that's totally sexy. It's like, okay, I've, I've never been a woman, so I wouldn't get it, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, just as it was originally. Mm-hmm. Just uh, done with even shorter skirts. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, we got another year and a half until we see whatever they've got cooking for the new Star Trek. I know it's in they're actually filming now, so they're out of pre-production, and there's the occasional on-set photos sneaking out. Um, we'll we'll see what what degree they take the secrecy to because I've been I've been watching the uh, you know, them kind of keeping things tight-lipped around the Prometheus. Uh, production over in the Ridley Scott part of the universe, and they've, they've done a pretty good job over there of just kind of keeping the lid on things. And I wonder if they'll, they seem to be making the same kind of effort with uh, Star Trek 2, just keeping keeping it on the down low and have it yeah. be as pure a viewing experience when we actually get to the theater on the day. Yeah, I know J.J. wants things completely locked up until, so, the, day, until the time is right. Yeah, this, it's so rare these days where you get to go into a movie cold, and not having been hyper exposed to all kinds of information about it on via the internet and television, um, and that that kind of takes away from it in some ways. Yeah, uh, I think the the last movie that I went into cold was actually The Matrix. I'd managed to just completely not hear anything about it and had them own. Oh, we're gonna go see The Matrix. The the what tricks? You haven't heard about it? Come on! That's when, and I had that that rare experience of watching a really fun good movie going in knowing zero about what to expect. And that, that really makes the viewing experience a very different thing. So I, I kind of applaud their uh, desire to kind of, to keep the lid on things so I can have more fun on premiere day. Yeah, that's totally, I, I totally get that. Versus the World Productions. Because 4chan was so last decade. www.vtwproductions.com I am Gnomewise. I am Gonora. I am Iolite. I am Daxa. I am Grail. And I am versus you. I am versus you. And I'm versus you. I am versus you. And I'm versus you. Casually Hardcore. Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. GMT. Only on VTWProductions.com. Hey, this is Phil Play from the Bad Astronomy blog, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. Alrighty, I think it is time for me to get my James Lipton on and hit you with the nerd questionnaire that we've been developing Ooh. over the course of Alpha Geek interviews. Now, the germ for this idea was stolen shamelessly from uh, James Lipton over on Inside the Actor's Studio, who himself shamelessly lifted it off of another uh, <laughs> show host. So this is this is from Bernard Pivo to James Lipton to us. So, and we our community has modified this one slightly to be a little more nerd friendly. And seeing as you are the Trek nerd, this is right up your alley. I'm scared now. As well, you should be. <laughs> are you sitting comfortably? No, I'm standing and I'm freezing cold. Let's get this wrapped up then. Uh, no, <laughs> take your time. You wanted to live in in Seattle. This is what you get. All right. Daryl, what is your favorite word? Uh, favorite word. Um, am I supposed to do this fast? Do I'll go. This is good. This is going to be like TMS in the morning when I have to think about stuff for hours and hours. Um, favorite word. Uh, ap- uh, apocalypse because it's got lips and pox. Yeah, although I don't enjoy pox very much. Very few people do. What is your least favorite word uh i'm not gonna say the same word uh <laughs> i wish i would have thought about this because because i probably have favorites and, and least favorite words uh oh i'm i'm so blank right now um a least favorite word cold because i don't like the cold and i'm cold right now it is very much at the front of your mind i understand <laughs> yeah oh i wish i had better answers no, this is th- these are designed to be ambush questions. They're supposed to catch you off guard, so you're doing it exactly right. What turns you on? 
creatively, spiritually, whatever. What gets you? What gets your motor running? Ooh, uh, just wow! What gets my motor running? What gets me creative? I like to be creative. I I'd like to think I'm somewhat creative. Uh, thinking about the future, thinking about what could be. Uh, I guess that's basically it. So um, speculating. Yeah, speculating and philosophizing, stuff like that. Excellent. And what turns you off? Um, people who say, no, that'll never be like that, or can't that, that can never happen. I can't people. Yeah, can't mm-hmm. people turn me off. What is the nerdiest thing that you have ever done and been proud of? Ooh, let's see. I've done a bunch of stuff. Um... Long, long, long ago... Well, uh, which story shall I tell? (laughs) (laughs) Choose. Well, well, one time my parents were on vacation for a couple days, and I was home alone, so I invited a bunch of friends over. And no, this isn't wreck the house drunk and all that. It's bring in, get a bunch of plywood and build a Star Trek set in the living room, clear out all the furniture and make a Star Trek movie <laughs> for two days while my parents were gone. You win the internet. I don't have that. I wish I had that. It was on, I think, Super 8 film. It's long gone. Well, but that was fun. What is the nerdiest thing you have ever done and been ashamed of? Uh, Gosh, well, let's see here. This, well, hmm. I'm not really ashamed of doing anything except for the time I lit the toilet on fire and flushed it, but that wasn't really nerdy. That, that bears explanation. I just wanted to see what would happen. I, want, I thought that the big fireball would flame out of the toilet and swirl and look awesome and cool. And what actually happened? Uh, well, I poured gas in the toilet and lit it, and it flamed up, and so I flushed it, and the flame went out. Not exactly the exciting thing you were looking for. But the minute I flushed it, I thought, oh, no, this is going to go in the sewer system where there's methane, and that's going to blow up the city. Possibly. <laughs> that, that didn't how, happen. How that's not even that dirty. That was possibly. <laughs> you actually considering the implications of and knowing there's methane down there? That's fairly nerdy. <laughs> what is your favorite gadget? I wish I had an iPad, but that's not in the budget. Uh, so I guess it would have to be just my regular old iPhone. Well, that's not a very impressive answer, but... It doesn't have to be impressive or unique. It's, it's what is your favorite. Simple as that. Yeah, I wish I had an iPad, because then that'd be my favorite. Your day will come. I hope so. <laughs> Maybe if I keep responding to all that spams, one of them will oh, be a absolutely. real offer. <laughs> Daryl, what is your favorite curse word? Uh... Well, I know what I say probably more than I should, and the kids are going to pick it up, um, but I'm not saying it here. It's not really a favorite. It's just what I say. But uh, other than that, it's just, I don't know. Oh, poo. Let's see. Let me stop my foot. Uh, see what see, I say. See what comes to you. Yeah. I don't know. Poop. Ah, poo. Ah, <laughs> I never say that. I, I say the S You word. should. You are, we do. You know, we are explicit tagged on this on this show, so you you, you can say it. You, we're all grown ups here. Oh, yeah, I'll pass. <laughs> Somebody will cut it out and splice it into something else and say, "Ah, look what he did." The interesting thing here that I've that I've noticed a trend developing here: women that we interview, they go for it <laughs> every time. Men we interview. Well, I don't want to say that on the air, and I, I'll just, uh, the F word, the S word, and women are like, oh, yeah, bam, wow, <laughs> do you have Tourette's syndrome? Awesome. Yeah. So you have, you, you have continued a proud tradition. Oh, good. I'm, I'm in good company then. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had Tom, uh, Tom Merritt on yesterday, and he had the exact same thing. He's like, I'm sitting in front of a microphone, and I'm, I've got like this operand conditioning where I can't curse when I'm on the air because I'll get fired, so I can't actually make <laughs> myself say it, because let me walk into the next room, and then I'll be able to say it. And he like, shouted it in from the next room. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that is. Uh, maybe some of it's because I'm so used to uh, 
comedians that just do that and that's supposed to make them funny and so I just say ah, I, I don't get why just that is funny for the sake of itself so I'm not going to do that mm-hmm. Daryl what profession other than your own would you like to attempt ah <sighs> uh, well podcasting isn't my profession but if it's a profession that would be fun to do uh i used to a long time ago uh i spent a week at nbc but it wasn't really as an employee it was just kind of see see if this is for me type of thing and it was on the set of the uh, hollywood squares awesome <laughs> and also in the editing bay and Looking back now, the reason I didn't do it is because I found out that the turnover was um, just uh, people would be turned loose for no particular reason. And the, the turnover was just huge. People were in and out of there just like crazy. But now I see, well, well in my current job, it's that way. So why didn't I just go for the fun? And so... Um, yeah, it would be TV production. I would want to get back into that. What profession behind, would... Behind, behind what? the scenes. Behind, behind the scenes. What profession would you absolutely not like to participate in? Uh, sewage taste tester. I'm, I'm getting sewer is kind of a through line on this interview because we were blowing it up earlier. There's methane <laughs> and... Is there a fetish you need to tell us about here, Daryl? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, I'm just thinking, what do I not want to do? Uh, changing diapers. Ah. <laughs> I don't want to be a daycare worker. Well, I sort of am anyway, because I have a, a little one. Um, How little is your little one? She just turned two. Oh, you and I are in exactly the same spot. Uh, mine oh, just what? is about to turn two this month. Wow. I'm actually looking forward to the terrible twos because she's been terrible up to this point. So if there's a change, it, it can't be but for the best. Oh, you think. <laughs> See, this is my second. So you just begged Murphy to come waltzing into your house now. So go with God, my son. It's been nice knowing you. <laughs> well, this is actually our third. And the uh, other ones were just were easy. They they went to sleep at night and woke up in the daytime, and this one is awake all day and all night and doesn't care about if the sun goes down. What is the sun of which you speak? <laughs> yeah. All right, and the final question on the nerd questionnaire. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, um, hmm... Boy, I'm I'm a bad question answerer. Uh, You've been doing fine so far. Go back. You're not done yet. <laughs> Sorry, you're only half baked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, your, your, um, the tragic accident that killed you has been reversed. Please go back and live the rest of your life. You just said you hated time travel. Well, I accept <laughs> exception for your own life. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was expecting you to say, there's this guy, Gene, over here who wants to talk to you. Oh, that would be great. Although there would be nothing we could do, because we'd be dead. True. Uh, or you could come back together. Aha. Uh-huh. That would be good. Write that next series. Mm-hmm. Well, Daryl, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come and chat with us here on Alpha Geek Interviews. Take a moment and let all the listeners know where they can find you on the interwebs and the various social media exchanges, because they all should be listening to This Week in Trek. Do it now. Yes, thisweekintrek.com, and they can find me on Twitter at thetreknerd.whatever. No, it's not dot anything. It's just just the Trek Nerd. Yep. Because that's does what it says, says what it does. Yep. And there's, I guess there's no other place to find me. That That's, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Straightforward. And you are also still appearing regularly on the morning streams, uh, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mm, are you on every day or just particular days? Every day that they do it, Monday through Thursday. And okay. they ask me a question, a Star Trek trivia question and try to stump me and and they often do. And and for these last couple days, I have been helping them test food. Food. <laughs> you do that well. Thank you. I, I am Scott Fletcher in my off time. 
Um, yeah, I noticed that you've been joining in on the food thing, and I, I get they need to get a better resource for their uh, questions because they start asking you questions like, which card did Riker pull out of the deck? That's not Star Trek trivia. That's idiotic, episodic minutia. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, kind of is. The questions I don't like are, in which episode did Riker have a cold sore? Or just the in which episode ones I, I don't like. Yeah, ask, ask me stories about the universe and the people in the universe and, and the laws of the, that universe. Not, I don't know. Yeah, or, or making of. I'm, I'm a big making of behind the scenes type guy, and I don't think there's been many of those questions. No, it's all been, you know, how how you know how many feet did they say they fell when when someone broke their arm or something? That's uh, find find a different resource. Is all I all I say. Yeah, they're okay, but yeah, what can you do? I what I can do is send them better questions, and I plan to <laughs> make it so. <laughs> oh, uh, what you did there? I just saw it. Well, Daryl, thank you for joining us, and we're gonna call this one complete. Uh, look forward to hearing your next episode of This Week in Trek, available at thisweekintrek.com. And you can also hear Daryl on the morning stream on the Frog Pants Network. Frogpants.com slash TMS is where you can find information about the morning stream, which is if you dislike uh, dumb radio uh, morning DJs as much as I do, this is the morning show for you. If, if you're a nerd and a geek and you want to have something fun to listen to in the morning, the morning stream is for you. Check it out on the Frog Pants Network. You have been listening to Alpha Geek Interviews live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Check us out on the web. Go to the Shows tab at the top of the page and check out all the fine shows on the network. You will be glad that you did. Join the forum community because it is made uniformly of win and awesome and nerdly goodness. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. I have been Todd. Joining me has been Daryl. And we are... Gone? Well, I'll let you have the last word. I was going to say out of here, but... Oh, I just did have the last word, didn't I? Not yet. Oh. You got to get one more in. Go for it. Okay.